I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal, here with my favorite fraud fighter, Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. And she brought her colleague with us today, who's also a wonderful person who helps to let people know about scams and frauds that are going on. Vicki, would you introduce him? Absolutely. So I'm very happy to have back with us today, Dayton Aldrich. Dayton works in our office in the District Attorney's Office as a victim restitution specialist, a very important job. He is always on the lookout for new scams and news articles that try and warn us about what's going on out there. So Dayton contacted me about some holiday tips from Amazon. Of course, the holidays are a very special time for most of us and for the scammers who leave no stone unturned during this particular season when it comes to figuring out new ways to get our money. So I thought this was a very timely article, and Dayton offered to come on the show and share it with us today. And Dayton, I so appreciate you coming on. And specifically, you were talking about a couple of things, starting with order confirmation scams. Does this have to do with getting uh, some correspondence about an order that you don't even remember making? Why don't you tell us what this is about? This is the most common scam, according to Amazon right now, this holiday season, which is where the victim gets either it's generally a text message or an email from the scammer who has generated an email or text message to look like it's coming from Amazon, asking you to confirm a purchase or to confirm the shipment or delivery of a recent purchase. What they're trying to get you to do is to click on the link that is in either the email or the text message. So this is obviously a very timely scam right now because so many of us are frantically ordering online for our Christmas gifts. And some of us do so much ordering online, we might forget exactly what it is that we have ordered. I'm guessing that a lot of people get fooled by this particular scam. So what should you do if you get one of these texts or emails? So if you get one of these texts and emails, number one, just ignore it. Do not click on the link. Absolutely. Amazon is recommending log in to a real Amazon website, go onto your account, and then check your recent purchases and your recent deliveries. And it'll show you right there what you have legitimately bought recently and what's on its way and what stage of the delivery process it is. So there's no reason to ever click or follow one of those links. What the links will do when you click on them from the scammers is they will either download malware on your computer or your phone. So scamming software to be able to get into your bank accounts and your email and, and you know potentially steal your identity. Or it's going to bring you to another site that looks like a legitimate Amazon site saying you need to pay more money or your payment didn't go through. Please follow this link to resubmit your payment. And then that money obviously goes to the scammers, not to Amazon. Amazon's recommended thing is to go onto your Amazon account, check your recent orders, and that is going to be the way to legitimately see what is incoming. Anything else is probably a scam. And I know that Amazon will contact you with tracking numbers, so you can track to see where your order is in process. They don't usually ask for financial information, confirming a credit card or payment method or anything like that. Absolutely. They will not do that. And they certainly will not call you 
Amazon does not call customers. So if you get a call from anyone claiming to be Amazon or anything related to a recent purchase on Amazon, it's definitely a scammer. Good to know, because I'm sure a lot of people can get taken in, especially this time of year. Now, another thing that the article talked about was tech support scams. They have been with us for a very long time. And I understand they're still around during the holidays. So what form do they take now during the holidays? They are. And this is the Amazon spin, which is, again, we're buying so many packages. It's possible we might be getting emails, text messages asking to confirm them. Well, it's also possible that some of these products that we're buying also come with tech support services. So oh. the scammers are capitalizing on that, calling people, sending out email and text messages, pretending to be the tech support for a recent product you have bought on Amazon, saying, please go to our website, fill in your registration information about the product you just bought so we can provide you tech support. Maybe there's a warranty issue or a software update on the product that you just purchased. And that website is a scammer. And when you give them your information, and you pay them whatever they're asking for, you're giving away your identity and info and money to the scammer. So again, Amazon's biggest tip here is if you get anything like this, you can go onto the Amazon app or onto the Amazon, the real website. You can go to their customer service, their tech support, and you can verify with them if any of the products you've purchased recently have a, a warranty issue or, or a software issue that you need to be aware of. Is their yeah. email vague or their text vague so that people think that they know what product they've bought? The text messages are very vague. It uh-huh. just says something like, click here to confirm your recent Amazon purchase. The emails sometimes can be a little more elaborate. The emails will generally refer to a purchase amount and which also will get people to say, whoa, 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 I didn't buy something for $850 last night. I'm definitely going to click on this link and correct whatever issue this is. Right. That's how the emails usually come. So another thing that I asked uh, Dayton to talk to us about today and was also included in this article is safe ways to use Google when we're trying, for example, to search for contact information using that app. And I've talked to several people recently who've tried to use Google to locate contact information, for example, for Apple tech support, and they've ended up with a scammer. So Dayton, how does this happen? So Google, DuckDuckGo, Bing, all of these search engines, they all are ad supported, meaning not only are they selling our search results and our data, but they're also selling ads to people. Unfortunately, they will sell ad space to pretty much anyone who's willing to pay them, including the scammers. And the way that their ad space works is the results at the very top of Google are generally ad or sponsored search results meaning those results are popping up because a company, but sometimes a scammer, is paying Google to make sure that their search results pops up first. And people who are maybe less informed about all these issues, they go into Google and they're used to just hitting the very first result that comes up from Google. And unfortunately now, that's not the best practice. The best practice is to evaluate the whole page that comes up from your search results of of Google recognize that the ones at the very top, anything that is highlighted or bolded or stands out in any way is probably a sponsored or ad. Someone's paying for that to be there. So scroll down and you might have to go to the second or third Google result to find the legitimate Apple or whatever website or service you're trying to get to. 
Another tip here is things like Apple or these legitimate websites, when you hover your mouse over the search result before you click on it, when you're still on Google, if you hover your mouse over the URL it's going to take you to, it will kind of expand that and show you the full URL. So you can verify it's actually taking you to a www.xyzcompany.com, a legitimate website. I've often wondered about that. So what are the the signs that it is a legitimate company? How would I know that that www dot whatever it is, ABC is a legitimate company as opposed to something produced by a scammer? Well, the scammers are generally going to try to produce a URL that looks nearly identical to the legitimate one. And they might swap out a letter or add an extra letter swap out a zero for an O, swap out an L for a one. So when you just glance over it, it looks like it should. But if you took maybe five seconds to really look at it, go through each letter, you'd be able to tell there's going to be some sort of spelling or grammatical error in the URL. It's going to pop out. Especially if you're looking for a big company like Microsoft tech support or Apple tech support, you're going to be able to see it's going to say something other than Microsoft or Apple tech support. If it ends in anything other than a .com or a .org, for instance, if it ends in like .ru, .ru, that means you're dealing with a website from Russia. Oh, So if you think you're talking to someone through Apple tech support .ru, well, no, because Apple's not based in Russia. So it's things like that. You just have to start kind of doing a little due diligence into the URLs you're going to click on, unfortunately. And anything other than a .com or a .org or a .gov you know, .gov is always going to be a legitimate United States website. You don't have to worry. If you know it says .gov at the end of it, you're on an actual website for the United States government, whether it's the IRS or whatever that may be. If it says .ru or .nk for North Korea after your URL, don't click on it. That is very good information. I was never really clear about what it was that I was supposed to be looking for when I hovered. And that explains it very clearly. So thank you for that. Now, This article also had, at the very end, some important tips. And some of these tips we've talked about before, but Dayton, it's never a mistake to go over them again. So what tips did the Amazon article talk about? Their big tip is beware of false urgency, which is the biggest takeaway on all of these things that we talk about. There's always some level of false urgency whether it's a deadline, a time frame that you have to respond to in an amount of time, or it's a big dollar amount that's going to cause you to have a sense of urgency. Oh, I didn't buy something that was $2,000. Or maybe it's referencing a loved one or a family member saying something's going to happen to one of those people. Whenever there is a sense of urgency, that is when all of your blinkers need to go online and say something's off here. That's the biggest red flag. Amazon also says, you know, if you go on to their website. You can always talk to tech support. You can talk to someone over the phone. It's all within the app. So you don't even leave the app, especially if you're on your phone. So you are guaranteed that if you go through your app, you will be communicating with the real Amazon people. So there's never a reason to click any of the link. Even though Amazon does send out email delivery confirmations, you still don't need to click on them. If you're suspicious, you can always go into the app and that'll tell you everything you need to know. Okay. So as long as you're in the app and you click on the Amazon app, you can trust those Amazon-owned channels. Yes. Yeah. And another tip they gave us, which I thought was just absolutely so important, never pay over the phone. Amazon doesn't accept payment over the phone. 
So if somebody asks you to pay over the phone or, of course, pay by a gift card or send something by Western Union or have somebody come to your house to pick up the money, you know you're dealing with a scammer. Amazon is never going to ask you to do that. Correct. Now, assuming that you run into one of these scams and you recognize it as such, does Amazon want these things reported? I know that the IC3, which is the FBI's Internet Scam Reporting Association, they would want to know. Honestly, I don't think Amazon wants to know about the specific emails. I was really impressed when I got this email from Amazon, the one that we've been going over today that this article is based off. This is what they're trying to do, present out preventative tips and steps and what to be on the lookout for. I don't think they're interested in getting every... Well, you know, uh, Dayton, you might find this interesting. Last week, we interviewed Richard Copeland, you know, who's the president of the BBB in the tri-counties. And... Amazon and Capital One have actually partnered with BBB Scam Tracker. And okay. so they're a part of that now and they're part of streamlining it and making it better. So maybe that would be a good place to report it because they're very involved in that as well. Yes, I agree with that. I just want to give one caveat. One thing that would concern me about that is now we're potentially advising a senior a low tech information, potentially senior, who's now got a suspicious email or text message. And now we're going to try to direct them to forward that or copy that to the legitimate Mm -hmm. Amazon support center. I can see that getting lost. Now they are talking to a scammer just because they tried to do the right thing and report it. So ic3.gov, absolutely. And then maybe report it to the Better Business Bureau, whatever Mm -hmm. their legitimate site or URL is or Capital One. I'd be so wary about trying to do that with Amazon. Anything else that we should know about? Well, if you want to give me a few minutes, I can talk about skimmers real quick. Sure. So we have talked about skimmers before on the show, but they are really everywhere now. They used to just be at gas stations, and now they're no longer just at gas stations. They are also pretty prevalent at ATMs, specifically the ATMs that we've been seeing in our area of Southern California and California. The ATMs that are independent, standalone ATMs, say a Bank of America or a Chase, Wells Fargo, whatever it may be, where it is not actually connected to the bank itself. It's just maybe in a strip mall or a mini mall. It is a legitimate bank ATM, but it's not at the physical location of the bank. Those are the ones that are being really targeted right now. So tell us also, what is a skimmer and what does it do? Remind us. Okay. So the skimmer is a device that the crooks will go and physically install onto whatever port you're going to be putting your credit or debit card into. And it will either be a very, very miniature camera that is actually physically taking a photograph of the card as you're entering it in, and then also taking a photograph of your PIN number as you're putting that in. Or it will be a little, little tiny device that they'll put actually inside the card reader itself so that when you swipe your card, it also swipes on their skimmer as it's going into the machine. So they are able to then come back a few days later, take that camera, take that skimmer machine out, and it has all the credit card, all the debit card numbers on it. Is there a way to see it or feel it, or is it just too little anymore? They say there's a way to feel it. They should be glassy smooth when you put your card in and out of a terminal. It should be glassy smooth. The problem with that is... If it's not glassy smooth, you've it's too late. So yeah. best thing here, again, for gas stations, go inside. We're going to do a whole nother show about gas stations later. But again, go inside, pay at the gas station. And also, there should be no reason to be getting gas at night for any of our viewers ever, 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 period. 
So the gas station will always be open. So go inside, go to the clerk, hand them your card. There won't be a skimmer inside because the crooks go after hours at night when they're closed and the lights are down at three o'clock in the morning and they can mess with the machines. They're not breaking inside the convenience stores and messing with their machines. So the terminals inside are much more secure. Same thing with the banks and the ATMs. Go inside to the bank and to the ATM. And then the other big thing to remember here, which we've also talked about before, if this happens on a debit card, good luck explaining to your bank that it was a scam and, you know, wham, 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 please give me my money back. Oh, if it's a credit card, very different. Because credit card, if it's fraud, most credit cards, you have 100% fraud mm. security and you also get your statement and then you'll have 30 days to see it and to realize it and to dispute it. But if this happens on your debit card, money's gone. That's yeah, interesting. I had a something similar happen. I had all these gas bills. I mean, just hundreds of dollars, but they were from something on the East Coast. And I was in Santa Barbara at the time. And it was a debit card and the bank did give me my money back. I guess it was obvious I wasn't there. But how did they do that? The skimmer. Yeah. The skimmer. And it hooked up gas- to wherever they were in another part of the country. Yeah. Or they had a partner here maybe that came right. and got it. And who knows? All of these things are going through an, an online internet processor and they can put in whatever merchant code they want. Just like ah, how they can spoof any phone number they want. I see. I oh, see. Interesting. So it may even make it so hard for law enforcement to track down because on your statement, when it says New Jersey, yeah. Gas, well, that might not even exist. And there's no way for law enforcement to really know it without putting in many, 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 many hours of resources just to figure out, is that even really where they were when this went through? The scammers can code that however they want. Oh, thank you for explaining that. I was just like mystified. Like, how did they use it in another state? I wasn't even yeah. thinking how they could but they certainly the could location. because they also have the ability to print credit cards in their apartments uh, so they get the they can have someone have a skimming operation in california harvest 100 credit card numbers send oh. them to someone via email who's on the east coast they print out 100 different credit cards give them out to their buddies and they've got they've all got gas for a week so many ways they can get people <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah and yes yeah. you know some banks they will work with you and they will understand oh, okay you obviously weren't on right. the east coast but if it's a credit card there's not even an if there right. it's just you know you're going to be protected right Well, that's a lot to digest and a lot of good information to have. And we just have to really realize that we've got to be careful out there. We've got to think of all the angles and try and be smarter than the scammers. Such a good point about that panic that they put people into that state because we've had some very tech savvy people who went online, went to the wrong website that was the scammers. I wondered if it was an ad site because you certainly can tell which ones are ads and which ones are organic. So that's a really, really good tip. But when they're in that state, they don't analyze the site so much because they're so panicked. Yeah, especially for last minute Christmas gifts. If gifts coming in last minute and you get a link saying there's something wrong with your delivery, that's a sense of urgency right there. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, Christmas can't send us into panic mode, that's for sure. (laughs) Try to get everything done in time. Anyway, well, Dayton, thank you again for coming on. We always love to hear from you. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. And this is very timely, very timely. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Dayton. Do you have good news, Vicki? I do. This is kind of interesting. This just came through and I thought, wow, I've got to share this because so often we hear about scams and things happening and nobody ever gets their money back. And that's usually the norm. But here is the information that just came through to me. So this has to do with the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme that was 13 years ago. 
Wow. 13 years ago. And, and here's the headline, 13 years after the guilty verdict, more funds are being returned to Madoff victims. So the money is still being returned. And get this, the victims now have about 70% of their money back with another round of returns expected in 2023. So next year. And the article makes the point that this is probably the largest return of funds in a Ponzi scheme ever. So who thought that was even possible? But most of these victims have gotten 70% of their money back. Thank goodness. So Never give up hope. Never give up hope. So there's some good news for you. Thank you, Vicki. Yeah. Well, I look forward to next week. And again, thank you, Dayton, so much for the timely information. Absolutely. Okay. Take care, everybody. Bye, Bye. now. Bye. Bye. Bye.